Welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this podcast, we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Mitch, and these are my co-hosts. Natsuki. And Alex, hello. And today we're talking about Natsuki being late by like 20 minutes. Sorry, my yeah. baby was crying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were Japanese, man, you know, but you were late. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even text you guys. I just... Come just here. Breezed yeah. in and went. We, we like called you and you're just like, like I think you picked up, I think Josh calls you and you picked up and you're like, Ato Nihun! And then you just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the corner. Yeah. Anyway, we're just giving you crap. The, today, actually, the topic today is actually about uh, starting your own business in Japan, uh, which is something I think that me and Alex know a little bit about. Mm -hmm. uh, Natsuki, have you ever started a business in Japan before? No, no, no. Do you know anybody besides me and Alex who have started a business before? My mother. <gasps> oh, wow. Tell yeah. us about that. She she opened a women's clothes shop boutique. Oh yeah, here in downtown area. Yeah, here in downtown area. She always fascinate fascinate about fashion. Yeah. And then she owned her own you know clothes shop when she was fifty fifty. Fifty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, it's still there. Uh, mm. It's yeah, it's 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 actually pretty cl close to here. Yeah, it's pretty close to here. But your family, oh, your father. Now I think he's retired, but he used to be the head of a kimono shop. Yes, he does. Was that inherited from his parents, or did he make it himself? It's a heritage from his parents. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But also, my mama, mother's side, uh, her parents were long clothes shop oh so you know women's clothes shop and kimono shop got married, married kind of thing mm -hmm. ah. so you've and got a history of family business then yes mm -hmm. yeah okay. so like people around me i mean my relatives relatives a lot of them they have owned their business but mm. not me that's interesting mm, thank you uh alex your father-in-law also was a business owner yeah, and my dad as well. Your yeah. dad as well? Yeah, yeah. So, can, can you talk a little bit about the, because your dad is from England and you're from England. Can you talk about the British side of owning a business? Was it was it like a common thing amongst the people that you... Um, it's hard to remember. I mean, I was such a small kid when they started it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was that common, to be mm. honest. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he basically worked for an IT kind of company mm. or whatever. Um, and then he did, uh, he realized he could do it on his own basically without working for this company. So he kind of went independent, did a few jobs and he earned like, I mean, like, I can't remember what he said. It was like three months salary and one job or something like wow. that. Wow. You know, what he would have earned. And then he realized, you know, how much money the company were taking from him. Why, 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 why work for them when you can do it by yourself? Yeah. So he started his own business up. And then obviously when I was a kid, we went through some, Tough times went a bit up and down, but you know, eventually, you know, succeeded, made a you know international IT business. That's, wow! Now, yeah. when you were uh, when your father was getting started, you know, that was the beginning of like the tech boom, 
right? Yeah. The, the, maybe late 80s, 90s so, era? Yeah, 80s, mid 80s. Yeah. 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 Were you born at the time? Yeah, already? so I was born, I was a, a little kid uh, mm. when they started up. I remember him designing the logo when mm. I was like running around. They showed it to me and said, what do you think of that? And I was like, eh, you know. <laughs> did, did that inspire your like entrepreneurship when you were, you know, because when you came to Japan, you came as uh, like a, as a, a language teacher, but mm. then that's, uh, that was a program that you could only do for about five years. Yeah, yeah. And when you finished that, instead of getting a job working for someone else, you decided to work for yourself. Let's just get, let's just jump into your story. But before that, I mean, I did work in an IT company the uk for oh, six, did you? six seven years yeah. was it your father's it company no it wasn't i mean i did a bit of part-time work for them while i was at university but um when i graduated uh i joined you know isps basically mm -hmm. internet service providers so i worked for a few of those uh, and ended up at FreeServe, which was like doing the kind of 90s.com boom just at the tail end of that um so i had worked for a company before but it was kind of like a free and easy type it environment uh, you know people riding around on skateboards and shooting that, each that other with kind of know. silicon valley culture yeah bow and arrow plastic bow and arrows and stuff <laughs> uh, like that natsuki know? do you as a japanese person do you when we say that silicon valley culture do you know what we're talking about it's like a google yeah like google yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have seen what it is like what it is like on tv yeah. just a little bit so i can imagine just a little bit but not so detail at, at the early 90s to early to to like mid 90s a lot of the the uh, it companies in in silicon valley and also in like England and things like that, they had a lot of money. Mm. So they, they even today, the successful ones still have a lot of money. And so they treat their, their employees not like, you know, the factory workers from, you know, Tokyo or for like Detroit that used to be like kind of like wage slaves, mm -hmm. but they pamper them and give them all of these benefits. And the, the places that they were working at were not called like factories or like, you know, offices. They were called campuses, mm. yeah, like a school. Mm -mm -mm. And, you know, and then you could personalize your office space with decorations. Yeah, yeah. And mm. It's just a different kind of culture. Mm -mm. So that's what you started in. Yeah, kind of that kind of environment, basically. So, I mean, I was obviously it started in a minor type role or whatever but um you know there were people around me you know living that kind of lifestyle and yeah. things like that so you know if, if people are free to kind of have some freedom within the work environment they work hard right um and people work really really hard you know yeah especially um, in it people work long hours yeah yeah but it was a great you know environment and good learning as well so it wasn't like a rigid corporate system um and then obviously when i came to japan i was a teacher so I was working in you know, education. education. So again, that's quite rigid comparative to that. Um, and that was a bit of a shock really to the system. But I did know how to work because obviously I'd worked for a company in Britain before. Um, yeah, so I always kind of thought that the freedom of working for yourself was good. But at the same time, I'd seen how hard my parents worked. Mm. And literally, I mean, it was like, you know, all day and night, you know, I remember like, was your mother involved in the business, the family Yeah, yeah, business? she was doing like, you know, the financial side and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just such a slog. And, yeah. you know, they put their whole lives into it, you know. Um, so I saw a one hand, you know, a degree of freedom that they had. And on the other hand, you know, how, you know, utterly hard you have to work to do your own business. Um, and that's the same with my, um, you know, father-in-law as well. So when he... Um, uh, left Kagoshima, he went up to Tokyo and he worked on a gasoline stand and saved up some money and then brought it back to Kagoshima and founded his own company. 
Um, ah, so your father-in-law was the first founder. Yeah, yeah, he founded. He, he it, wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't like the third or fourth in line. He was the. He was the actual founder. No, man. I mean, he went to school on Tanegashima, the island just south of the mainland of Kagoshima, mm. and he had like no shoes when he went to school. Wow. You know, post-war. Like, yeah, yeah. Post-war, kind of poor environment. His dad was a teacher. Yeah. Uh, at school, so he was super strict. Um, and he went through, you know, a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations and stuff. Um, but then went up to Tokyo when everybody was going up there in the 60s and stuff, worked hard, saved money, came back to Kagoshima, started his company. Cool. Um, and then they became one of the major, you know, kind of like um, water kind of construction companies in the region. Um, you know, very, very well known. Yeah. Um, no, a lot of people know your father-in-law's company. He's, he's since retired now, right? Yeah, yeah he's retired, yeah. So yeah. he's passed on the business to somebody else. It's not mm. to his son, to someone else, different person. Yeah. Why, um, why not? Why not to his son? Because he just wants to give it to someone who he feels can run the business. He doesn't oh. care mm. if it's relational or it's not. It's a very, cool. it's a very mm. non-Japanese way of yeah, thinking no, about it. Yeah, non-Japanese way of yeah. thinking. Uh, in Japan, you know, they, they'll... <laughs> If you have, if the the CEO of a company in a lot of t- cases doesn't have a male son, they will literally adopt a grown man to be their son. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And then make him CEO. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's no blood relation, but they just adopt like a grown grown ass man. He's like 45 years old. Yeah. He's like, you're my son now. Yeah. And or, then they give him or, the, or if if the the, the the company has a daughter, somebody get married, married with him. Yeah, and yeah. they right. give it to the husband mm-hmm. or something like that. They keep it in the family yeah. as much as they can. Mm. But I don't think there's any particular interest in that. It's just you know what works and what doesn't work. That's the only interest in that. So, so I want to get back to get, in Japan though. So you you came from an entrepreneurial like background. You mm. come to Japan. You work for the government for five years, and then you start your own business. Let's yeah. go. Let's just get right to the chase. Mm. So. Why did you start your own business? And this was before Lehman Shock. So this is like, what, 2005? When you started your school? Uh, no, wait, hold on, 10. 2010, so right yeah. after the Lehman Shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically, I'd done this kind of ALT role or whatever, and like there wasn't anything to do afterwards. So this is before kind of inbound tourism was really a thing as well. Yeah. So I was kind of like, what are my options here? You know, um, and so I you're, stu- you're stuck in the south of Japan. You yeah. got a family, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a wife and two kids. So it's not like Tokyo where there's all kinds of opportunities going around. You've really got to kind of make your own you way. Know, make your own way. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. So I did approach a couple of schools um, and I got offers as well to work for them as a full time teacher and stuff like that. But I didn't really feel it was me. Um, so. I decided to just give it a shot on my own, basically. So yeah. I started doing like free time work for local TV stations, yeah. doing like presenting and then a bit of translation work. Um, you also got and, a gig at the university at some point. Yeah, I was at the university as well. So um, I spoke to them and usually um, they don't really let people come in that easily. Mm-hmm. But um, because I kind of knew some of the professors there and you, you, know, had, they, you had an in. I had an in, right? Yeah. So they, they um, employed me as well. And, you know, the classes at the university just kept getting more and more and more. Um, so you know, I was doing well, at the most. I was doing five a day, I think. Five wow, or six. that's almost a full time job. In Ninety itself. minute yeah. Yeah, classes in one day, and they said nobody's done this before. Like this many classes in a single day is unheard of, because most people come and do one or two, yeah, and go back. But I just thought, you know, pack them in. Yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah. do it all in one day and get it done with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and then making contracts with like uh, kindergartens and things like that to teach English there too. But when we started the business, because we didn't have any capital. Now, this is really you know. important that we say we, because you started the business with your wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, I don't know about you. Well, when I get to my story as well, like if you don't have, for me, if you don't have that Japanese 
person that's going to help you. It's really hard to start a business yeah. in here as a foreign person. Well, there's not any information about what kind of business to start, really. Mm. I mean, there's more now. If you look on the internet, there's loads of information now. But, um, you know, and there wasn't so much information readily available. Um, and you don't really know whether you should register a company to start with or should you just do, you know, Kojin Jigyo, which so is like the... You your know, your you know, per, private personal company or yeah. if you should like actually make it like a like an LLC or something like that. There's like all these different options. Most Japanese people obviously wouldn't know about this. So Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's not there to do the kind of translation side and deal with that, then it can be difficult. I know people who've done it on their own, but there are very few people who've done it without any help. I would suggest that you can do it your, on your own if you're really good at Japanese, but I think that your results would be better if you have Japanese help. Yeah. I would and say definitely. I think one of the big things for us as well, because the, the parents, the wife's parents as well, were like, um, you know, had their own business. So they, they knew what to do. And they had an accountant as well oh. who they introduced to us and he helped us out, you know, gave us a lot of advice about, you know, what kind of company to set up, yeah, how much to pay yourself you know um and things like that so that was very useful but i mean the biggest thing for me was just not knowing what to do like we started out with no idea <laughs> so i did like i printed out some flyers right this is so painful if anybody's done their own business you make these flyers or whatever Wait, this is 2010 we're talking 2010 yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so we thought you know flyering was a good way to get people in right is that, is that how you say it in england flyering yeah flyering. what do you call it canvassing or something canvassing or handing out flyers yeah so we basically i spent some time designing a flyer it looked all right i thought you know um <laughs> got it printed yeah. got you know a couple of thousand of them or whatever uh nice paper and all that and i was like yeah okay let's do this so i went out handed them out outside schools and stuff saying hi chatting to the students and things um and then on the way back after i'd handed most of the ones out i had I walked around the corner and there was like a, a trash can, garbage bin, whatever, full of flyers. Oh my God, that's sad. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, what? No way. Um, and I think the thing is, right, because when you're doing like an English school, you think that you, your target is the kids, right? But it's yeah. not, it's the parents. It's the parents. Right? It's absolutely you know, the parents. Or the grandparents, even better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I learned quickly from that and we started putting adverts in the newspaper and things. And then eventually... Just because this is around the time Facebook advertising started to take off, mm. uh, we started doing Facebook ads, and that worked really well for us. You know, nobody else was doing it; it was so cheap. Especially right where we where we are here in the south of Japan. Um, if you if you hopped on social early, which by Western standards is like three years late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really Japan's really behind the the curve when it comes to uh, uh, you know social media and things like that. If you jumped on that early, that was a huge benefit for your business. Yeah, yes. I mean, nobody did Facebook ads then. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew how to set them up. Yeah. Um, so literally, I mean, the cost per click was just nothing. It was a joke. I mean, I'm doing like YouTube advertising now in, in the entire country of Japan. The, the cost per view, CPV, is like one. One yen, one cent. Mm. Do that in California. No way. Yeah, yeah. How no much? way. How much? You, it's like 25 times more expensive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No way. I didn't know that. But mm. I mean, what I did learn as well is that local newspapers and things like that are still very powerful in Japan so you've uh, got to do the print option as well mm. but you know there are ways of doing it without spending too much money um, so yeah I mean those those are the big hurdles at the start obviously I, we paid rent not a lot because we got a friend yeah. you know, to rent us somewhere how, how important is for your story like people you know huge huge right hugely important so all the people around us that support us through the early kind of stages um, they all go we'll come to your school we'll definitely come and nobody did in yeah, the end right yeah. they all say they'll come but they won't but when it comes to things like um, finding a place to operate your business or introducing like a financial advisor mm -hmm. or you know helping out with uh, insurance you know regulations stuff like that loads of people came forward with that 
uh, and they did help us an awful lot. Um, so, you know, I'm eternally grateful to those people because they uh, basically allowed me to continue living in Japan, right, mm. with Th that support. That, I think, is such a great sentiment uh, that you just said there. Like, if it wasn't for that community support, I mean, I really don't think that anything really happens mm. in yeah. Japan, mm. you know. So, so, so you, you failed with your flyers and you started social media mm -hmm. and you started the slow climb to, you know, getting more and more attendance at your school. At what point did you think this could work? Um, I think it took a year or two to get the, uh, to get into the flow of the business to, you know, work out how it operated and then to obviously build the curriculum up enough so that, you know, people were satisfied with it, it took time as well. Yeah. Um, I thought I knew a lot about it before I started about teaching but then i realized that teaching you know as a business is completely different to teaching in an educational institution yeah because one you're they're forced to sit there yeah yeah and if they're coming to your school voluntarily they don't have to sit there they can quit it absolutely yeah so you've got to be on all the time you know and it taught me an awful lot about communication skills which even now has been so fundamentally useful to my e job e now explain explain so, I mean, if you're or basically have a, a tryout lesson, so somebody comes in, they sit down with you for 50 minutes or whatever, uh, and in that 50 minutes, you want them to decide, I'm going to pay this person. This you know, amount of money. Well, however much it is. It's quite a lot of money. I mean, like, what, over 10,000 yen yeah. a month to join, plus, you know, uh, 20,000, 30,000 yen as a startup fee. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be decided within those 50 minutes, and it's an ongoing contract because yeah. they're not going to quit after a month. Yeah, usually. it's a commitment, right? Yeah. yeah. So to be able to do that every time with completely random people that you've never met before is a skill that takes time to learn. You gotta learn how to hustle. Yeah, and then you've gotta learn once they're in to keep them engaged all mm. the way through mm. because you know adults are more difficult than kids actually for teaching English. Absolutely. Because they've got all kinds of life issues with work. If they're in a group, they might not like the other people in the group. I had situations where people started going out with each other in the group. Uh -oh. And then they broke up <laughs> and then everybody quit altogether mm. because, yeah. you know, the, the kind of atmosphere went a bit weird. It happens. Um, it does happen. So a adults bring their drama with them. Yeah. <laughs> adults are hard, man. Kids are easy because the kids get in and they stay there for six years if they're elementary school kids. Yeah. So, I mean, my thing was like I wanted to teach adults at the first because I thought I'm a serious person. You know, I'm not like a dancing around type guy. Yeah. But... Um, as a business, the kids make more sense. It's the ROI, yeah. the return on investment for kids is way higher than, yeah, yeah. than adults. So, I mean, I learned to swallow my pride. I just learned, you know, this is what I got to do to survive. This is what the business is going to be, you yeah. know. And if you understand that and learn to enjoy it, you'll succeed. Mm. You know, it's like you got to get over yourself, you know, a lot of the time. Can, so, we, can we talk about customer service while we're on this? Like, you know, we're talking about as a, as a product, giving them a really, really good service and making, you know, the customer, which is the mother, yeah. uh, happy. How do you deal with customer service? How did you deal with customer service when there was a problem? Well, we always put the parents in the class. So okay. they came and they had like a space where they could sit down and have a cup of tea. So we got all like English teapots and stuff like that. Oh, so they would cool. sit there and they would have service and cakes and stuff. And eventually they started bringing their own stuff in as well oh. and sharing it with each other. So you, you guys made, you made a school that was basically like the Starbucks model. It became the third place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, the mothers formed their own groups there mm. and then they actually went out afterwards. These kids all came from different schools and different yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah. So they formed a community and that kept everything together basically. Mm. So people didn't really leave because of that. Um, and, you know, when we did have a problem, um, you know, the, the thing would be to sit them down and, and listen, basically, um, and not really talk too much. What, what kind of problem did it happen? So, I mean, there's all kinds of things. I mean, like kids not agreeing with each other in the class or some kid gets a bit carried away and you know pushes another kid over or something like that, you know. 
um and then obviously you've got to explain the situation to the parents and if they didn't see it and you know they've got a bad feeling about the other kid you've got to get both of them in together and kind of work it out yeah work work it out just life stuff right yeah Yeah. i mean sometimes we had some difficult kids as well who were like literally uncontrollable to start with um but my thing was that i would never ever turn anybody away um unless you know it, it caused serious problems for other people like like bodily harm or something like yeah. that yeah anything below that i wouldn't ever turn a kid away because yeah. i always thought that you know people have got the opportunity to develop themselves and, and change as well and you know even if it was hard for us we would go through that but even then like the kids are usually the uncontrollable ones nine times out of ten those are usually the smarter ones they're just bored yeah 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 there's no no escape for them right yeah you know um so we did have that we did struggle a lot actually with with some some kids yeah but you know in the end the parents came back to us and you know uh you know we got so many letters and stuff like that when we finished yeah um so i closed the business down after seven years so i decided that after all it wasn't really me to be honest with you teaching english i, I mean, did enjoy it. i learned to enjoy it but it wasn't really my my it, thing right i so. think i think you created something and i i think that it was, uh, you had a very successful school i mean it continues today you, you just repackaged and sold to another person yeah but i think that i think for you it just wasn't your icky guy wasn't like your 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 reason for living yeah i find it kind of hard to not to motivate myself because i did learn to enjoy doing it you yeah. know um, but I didn't feel like I was growing anymore with it. That's so important for me too, like that yeah. personal growth, because I think that when you get your own company and you're the top, you, you kind of, you, it's really easy to get lazy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're just like, well, I'm the boss. Yeah. You have to listen to me and I'm, you know, I, I'm number one. Well, it's like, well, if you don't keep growing out ahead of yourself, then like, you know, it's really easy for your business just to be forgotten about and like, you know, left behind. Yeah, yeah. So... But I mean, the biggest shock for me after doing all that stuff on my own, and it was tough, you know, it was hard, but, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was an invaluable experience about learning to do business in Japan. You know, like when I first answered the phones, I'd just be like, moshi moshi, and everybody just hang up because <laughs> this isn't a serious business. You know, yeah. some English guy answering the phone. Who is this guy? Yeah. You know, imagine it in your own country, some guy speaking. Hey, what's up? In a foreign accent answers the phone and you're <laughs> like, what's this? Um, so I learned to do, you know, Keigo on the phone, like speaking business Japanese. Um, you know, I learned, you know, all the sales techniques to get people to sign up. Uh, you know, all the paperwork, all the kind of insurance stuff, you know, the finance side, the design I did to myself, built the website, you know, uh, did all the marketing. Um, so we were running on very little budget to start with. Mm. So you've got to do everything. You have to, yeah. you have to wear a mm. lot of hats. Yeah. Mm. And, and that, you know, was uh, a great learning. But when I took that then to a Japanese company to become like a, a full-time employee, um, it, it was a shock at first for me to get used to their system, right? Yeah, because it's a very like, you know, you, you have to gain co- cooperation and everybody has to approve what you do. And yeah, yeah. it's very much so like, uh, what is it called? Bread making or whatever they call it in, in US politics, where like, you know, you, you have to, an idea gets out there and, and everybody has their go at it and it slowly changes. But if you're an entrepreneur, you just, first of all, you want to, you know, speed is important. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. want to throw your idea out there, test it, see what happens, change it, and then keep going. But in Japanese, businesses that's really hard to do well i mean the thing for startups is fail early and fail fast right yeah so you, you try things if they don't work you can leave them for a little bit but you know when you get to the point where you realize you've got to cut it off cut it off and just do something else um and that kind of trial and error you know is a quick process it doesn't cost a lot of money uh, and you can get good results from it but when you're working in a corporate environment and you've got to get people on your side and their salary is behind your idea as well yeah 
it, it's harder to to start something and cut it off, especially in a Japanese corporate environment, because they want some precedent that's been done before. That's the big thing that you annoys know. me is like they're on board once it happens, but yeah. no one's on board until it happens. I'm like, yeah. well, how the hell does something happen for the first time in this environment? Yeah, no, it's it's impossible to to kind of get new ideas out there quickly. It's yeah. very very difficult indeed. Um, but I mean, it's getting better. It is getting better as processes change and people's ideas change. These yeah. days, also, they're starting in the in Japan. We have these like kind of special economic zones. They're like the Silicon Valleys of Japan, is what they're trying to say. One of them is Fukuoka. I forgot where the other ones are, but they're trying to promote entrepreneurship in Japan with small businesses, startups. But I don't necessarily know how well that's going. Uh, we were talking before the show. Natsuki was noting that compared to other countries. People who start their own company in Japan is much lower. Mm-hmm. That's what I read on the article. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe people are very shinchu. How do you say that in English? Like worry, like very cautious, right? Cautious, cautious. Yeah. cautious. So they don't want to start. So my case, my case, I don't want to. I, I admire people who have own business because my parents have own business, and I really want to try one someday but I don't want to do it because I don't want to worry about money if I work for a company I can you know get money and I can get I can have like holidays paid holidays and yeah so the most thing I don't want to worry about money yeah yeah that's why I don't want to do my own business but and then like you said, if I start on my own business, I have to do everything, right? Like In the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. And or have really kind friends. Yeah. yeah. But like, look at you. You don't have many holidays. Uh, I mean, you, have, you, can, you can get holidays whenever you want. I, I think it comes down to what you put importance on. For, for me, if I had a lot of like, if, if, let's say I get super rich tomorrow, I win the lottery. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit on a beach and sip a cocktail. That's not who I am. Uh, I will not be happy in that situation. All right, right, right. I need to be doing something important, moving and pushing, making something happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm not going to be happy. Oh, okay. So you say I have a few holidays. That's true. But it's that's where I'm happiest. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Can we dial back to your story then, where you started at? Because we did a similar kind of business to start with. We right? did. Yeah. And the, the angle was a bit different, though. What the, you chose to do is different to what I did, I think. Myself and Alex, we had this forking, right? Where we started off in the beginning of the same thing. You know, if you come here as a foreign person who speaks English and you have a background in education, the most, the easiest, lowest step thing that you can do is create an English school. I mean, it really is. I don't want to diminish anybody's efforts because it is hard still and you have to work hard. But like compared to, Opening a business as, you know, like a, a restaurant or, or even a restaurant could be kind of doable. But like, a, like you know, as, as far as a business idea goes, English school, you know, foreign person's face, it kind of just works. Mm-hmm. It's like an Italian person going to America and making an Italian restaurant. Everybody's like, oh, OK, that makes sense. It's really easy to sell. Um, and so, yes, I created the same thing as you. I wanted to do an all adults English school. And then it slowly became kids. Yeah. Like yeah. they forced their way in. <laughs> and now if you look at uh, my, my, I still own, uh, it's, it's not really owning, uh, it's, it's a corporation now, but like I'm still the CEO of the, of the English school. Um, it's, I think uh, at this point it's seven, it's over 75% kids hmm. and only 25% adults. The different angle between me and you, I think is that in the beginning, I think our motivations were, our requirements were different. You were doing a business as a father, mm. which 
definitely makes you think I need to pay my bills. My kids got to go to school. You know, I got I got these things that I need to handle. So it's a lot easier in that situation for you to go. All right, I'm going to take on a lot of maybe physical, you know, like burden. I'm going to do a lot of classes. I'm going to teach a lot of kids. But then that, that also gets you a bigger income. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you can take care of your family and everything like that. I didn't have kids. I still don't have kids, and I didn't have a wife. And so my motivation was not to grow a family. My motivation was to grow the business. Mm-hmm. So all income, any money that I made, I just reinvested back into the business to grow it. Mm-hmm. And what I spent money on was instead of children, my own children was like staff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started expanding with staff, which is a risky thing. Paying people salary is a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the, fluctua- the fluctuations in the market and everything, it, it can be difficult. But at the same time, it's we were talking about this the other day. It's really nice to be able to have staff, yeah, mm-hmm. and to say, "Hey, can you please do that?" I mean, I, I have two great Japanese staff that take care of a lot of things for me. I have, uh, you know, great teachers. One of my staff, he's sitting right there. Plucked them out of being a teacher, and we we created a second company, a production company, mm. and so that whole you know, the, 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 not just creating the business, but also the raising of the employees and finding the right people to do the right thing. And, and that part to me is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because I think I have those same kind of paternal like instincts that you do, but instead of raising my own children, I'm raising the staff at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to underscore a lot of things that you said. One, the community, if it wasn't for the community, I would be nothing. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the support and, you know, the kindness and like, selfishness uh selflessness of other people around me nothing would have happened yeah and then two also being humble not thinking like oh i know everything but like listening to all of my senpai and when they give me business advice like maybe you should think about this maybe you should do this maybe you should read this book that really helped me grow as a person Mm -hmm. and i think that aside from like you know obviously being involved in social media and things like that but i think one of the the and i just randomly did this one of the most powerful things that I did was create a network of mm. people that I that will help me. I mean, you're part of my network, you're part of my mm. network. And you know, I have like every before the pandemic, I was out every single day like meeting people, connecting people, making triads. Uh see read the book uh, uh Tribal Leadership, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And just going out there and trying to figure out what the needs of the community are and then trying to create products to solve problems in the community. Mm-hmm. And doing that was really, is still really in, like interesting to me. But I can't do what I think that you did, uh, Alex, was make the jump back to corporate life. Mm. I don't think I can do that because I just don't enjoy that at all. I think having a, a corporation behind you though has, has opened so many doors because like there are many, many things that are, are supported by a larger company. That, I think it's amazing. That you can do right. I think it's so. amazing that you did it. And I, yeah. I, and I think that as far, I mean, it's, it's, it's beneficial obviously to you, but also mm-hmm. being connected to you and that organization has also been beneficial to me as yeah. well. But it's just something I don't think I can, my personality would allow me to do. Well, I've never been able to let go of the, you know, um, entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial vibe. So I have got a company as well. Yeah, you've got well. a secondary I've, company. I've got a secondary company and I also work for the prefecture as well. So mm. I've got three jobs at the moment, yeah. which isn't good for free time. But it's like, that's what you were saying. Like you can take holidays if you want, but I have to fill it with something anyway, right? Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, I, if I feel like I'm moving forward and doing something, that's that's satisfying to me. So, you know, I don't really need that much time off, I guess. I mean, when you um, go on vacation, for me, if, if I go on vacation, I feel like I can just be a glutton because I've earned it. Yeah. So I just take a week and I just do whatever I want. But then it, that still gets boring after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, I want to get back to the rat race. I want to hustle. I want to do something, moving something forward, you know. Well, my problem being in the travel industry now is that 
even a holiday's work. Yeah, because you, it's a, exa- opposite, right? Yeah, because especially with being in the attraction segment first, <laughs> is I'll go to a place and I'll be like, how many people are on the reception? What's the entrance cost? How much is the car park? What's the signage like? Do they have cashless payments? Um, you know, what's the story being told here? What's the narrative? What are the shops like? You I, know, I told this exact same thing to Josh. I before he, he's our main production guy now. I told Josh, I said, I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna teach you how production works. We're gonna be. We're gonna make a production company. But I warn you, you never watch TV. <laughs> TV and movies yeah. will be ruined for you forever. Yeah. And he said, that's cool. But then I recently talked to him about it, and he watches everything. It's just like that's crap. I know how they did that. That's cool. You know, you just start seeing the the media from a different perspective. Same yeah. thing with travel. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's rewarding in a way as well. You know, you know things that other people don't know. So it's kind of a little bit of fun to yeah. have some insider knowledge, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would recommend doing your own business to people or not. It's, it's really dependent upon your personality, right? You know, and... And then also, I think it's hard to marry people like us. I mean, your wife, she's a soldier, man. She yeah. really is, like, awesome. She does... I mean, she helps you on a lot of things, too. And we, we talk about this. But she's, she's also just a clever girl. I mean, yeah. she's just very smart. And she... I think that you guys make a good kind of, like, power couple in that way. Mm. But Natsuki, your husband works for a company. Yeah. You work for a big company. Mm-hmm. Your parents were entrepreneurs, but you you didn't become one or marry an entrepreneur. Yeah. And then also my husband's side and yeah. his parents has own pa- own company. company. And then yeah, the, the, the mother side of I mean his his mother's side of the family own company. His father's side own company. And so basically our parents or grandparents, everybody have their own, you know But you two are just corporate workers. Yeah. Why? Because we have seen, you know, when the good time is good and bad time is bad. Yeah. So, uh, like, like just like I said, good time is good, bad time is bad. So, uh, we chose to be, uh, you know, company worker. I, I tend to have a bias. I really, really respect people who have made their own, like, their own company or who have created their own ideas in, in the real world. I tend to not have a lot of respect for people who work for the government mm. or who have like a guaranteed no risk job. To me, I really and I I know it's bad. If you're one of these people out there, I don't I, I don't want to think this way. It's just a natural reaction I have, and I know it's kind of discriminatory. But I feel like if you if there's no risk in your job, you're not really working. You're just it's just something you do to fund your hobbies. But people, they actually not not everybody, but some of them are really working hard for you know the the prefecture mm. or country. So it's discrimination. Discri- I know, yeah. and I mm-hmm. I know, but mm-hmm. I just I every time someone's like, oh, what's your job? Oh, I'm, I'm a public worker. I'm just like that does, go, <laughs> that does go the other way though because I know somebody who was uh, self-employed and he was trying to marry to somebody who's that was the daughter of a, a public Mm-mm. civil servant or whatever mm. and the, the father said no because you have your own business so it's unstable oh, yeah that's not good so mm-hmm. there is it works both ways you know does that is, happen in yeah. england i feel in america if you're an entrepreneur and like i think it's got like a cool sound to it i think like you see america like you can fail over and over again yeah. and you'll never be a loser because right, you tried right, right. right. well mm-hmm. you'll be a loser but you can also redeem yourself right mm-hmm. mr hershey guys look up the story mr hershey yeah and, mm. and, and also kfc <laughs> yeah so i mean it, it's possible to redeem yourself yeah. right mm-hmm. but in japan it's more difficult to do that because yeah. if you mess up the first business mm. getting a loan the second time is just not going to happen getting a loan so. in japan is near impossible but once you get it it's like no interest on it it's like free money it's so weird yeah 
It's so, and also, I hate Japanese banks. I'm sorry. I, the banks in Japan are the worst. They are way behind the times in, ter- in terms of like technology. They don't know how to do a lot of things because, like, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on my bank, but like, you know, if you're the, for example, my case, I was like one of the very first foreign business owners that I was like, can I have a business loan? They're like, we don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, your name doesn't fit in the boxes. Oh my God, that's yeah, yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I have a bank book from the local bank and my name just like is printed off the paper. It just like abruptly ends at the end of the- Are you serious? Is yeah. that what they said? It, 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 doesn't <laughs> fit, it, it, doesn't fit on, it doesn't fit on the bank book. So my official banking name, is my name up until the last letter that's printed on the, the bank book, which isn't even my full name. One of my Aww. credit cards is like that. It's really? Alexander Brudge. Aww. There's no A and W on the end, Aww. but it seems to work. So <laughs> it's like, whatever. it's kind of behind the times here, guys. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Aww. So I don't know. I mean, that discrimination does go kind of both ways, I guess, with the government mm. as well. But, you know, I don't know. I would, I would suggest that if you're, if you're guys that are at home thinking about, you know, making your own business in Japan, I think that if you have the grit because that's what it's going to take it's you're going to be frustrated you're going to be tired and you're also going to be loved and you're also going to have a lot of of victories along with the failures but if you if you have the grit and you're not going to give up because all the people who are going to have faith in you are going to help you will will want you to continue giving up is going to is going to cause you know shame for you and them as well but if you continue and you do you 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 get to that point where you can start to say feel success it's well worth it. Mm. It really is well worth it. Um, but if you're one of those type of people that, like I said, like to go and make a salary and then your hobbies are your hobbies and those are the things that you look, to, look forward to, I would go get a job working for someone else mm-hmm. in this country. I would say though, that even if you work for a company, you have to understand that you are expendable. There's mm. somebody else who can do your job. You know, that, that's a myth that a lot of people who work for companies seem to feel. In Japan, because they had yeah. employment for life before, but that's changing now. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah. But especially Western companies, that if they do restructure or- You're you know, gone. You're gone. Yeah. Your job's mm. gone. And mm. where's your job security then? Mm. You know what I mean? Not only so, that, with the global economy, if, you, if you're, if you for example, working for Google and all of a sudden they just want to, you know, uh, outsource their entire customer service division to India, not only are you got your job gone, that whole sector of that that your skill set is no longer useful where you live. Yeah, unless yeah. you move to India and get a like you know ninety percent decrease in salary, which you're not going to do. I suppose your own business does keep you agile as well, though, because if you don't change, you fail. You have to keep you know? learning. Um, but it's just whether you want to go through that first stage of literally, you know, eating cup ramen every day. Uh, I was, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> having no money. One of these days, <laughs> I'll get to the sob story of my background. But yeah, there's there was like that. It's like, okay, how do we get the cheapest calories from the supermarket this week? Because we yeah. have no money. Mm. Yeah. But but after a while, you know, you, you start to pick up and you start to get better. And then those little victories turn into bigger victories. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So you said you, your father had all your, his own company, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. my Japanese perspective, if the father has all, his own business, yeah, yeah. he wants his son to do after him. Yeah, so yeah. what about your father? Uh, they did have that a bit, actually. So oh. I think he wanted me to take it over, but I didn't really know how his business operated because mm. it, it was so complicated. Mm. Um, and... I think I kind of wanted to do something for myself as well, I guess. Mm. I don't know. There's a, there's, a, there's a thing with Western boys, I think, that where you want to branch away from your father. You want to say, I want to do something that, that you don't do. I think it was intimidating as well, to be honest, uh, what he was doing. Because you know, it, it, was, it went from being a small private company to being quite 
big quite big not in terms of employees but you know in terms of the the scale of what they were doing yeah um and i didn't really understand what it was as a kid even because it was quite a complicated thing Tec very technical yeah it was very technical i mean they got bought by like um nasa bought some of their stuff cia bought some of their stuff wow um GlaxoSmithKline, you know these wow. companies were all using their product um and if he would have been around in the internet age he would have been in billionaire territory easily but it was before that it was phone he was, sales he was too fast you know it was too early yeah so um you know there was that um but for me to continue that business would have required knowledge above my station at that time uh. so i wasn't ready i'm a kind of late bloomer anyway so i only really kind of got serious about work when i had a family so from the age the, of 26 27 but that 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 is you know that does do it to you right when you yeah. when you when you have three more mouths to feed other than yourself yeah, that, yeah. That, that'll do it so that's when i started really taking things seriously but you know i'm always impressed by kids in the 20s like early 20s who are like going for it and doing all this kind of work and stuff i think wow like you know i never had that in me there there uh, are some kids that yeah when they're like 22 23 they've got all their shit together and i'm just watching them I'm like wow yeah i mean i mean i got my shit together early but not that early yeah um in my case i guess it's a similar situation and to kind of re respond to your question a little bit Natsuki, my mother was an entre it was an entrepreneur really? she had her own business as a translator tour guide and then also she was a minister so she could marry people like mm -hmm. as a as a private minister and so watching her hustle mm -hmm. and then the freedom uh, that, you know, her business allowed her. And then also I got involved with her business to help her advertise it on social media and things like that early. Mm -hmm. And so having that experience and background, I think motivated me to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And also I just really, really don't like being told what to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have that. When somebody <laughs> tells me what to do, I just like get kind of annoyed. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll grudgingly do what you told me to do. Yeah. Have you ever worked for a company in America? So yeah, I worked for giant co companies in America. So I worked for Cirque du Soleil, mm -hmm. which you know. Right, right, right. right? I also worked for MGM, uh, what is it called? MGM Mirage, whatever hotel, whatever their, their full name is. Mm -hmm. So these are like giant big companies with like, you know, thousands of employees. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's actually what I was used to before I came to work in Japan. And then when I started working for the Japanese government, I thought the Japanese government was crap. Mm -hmm. And I still think that in a lot of ways. And I was just like, how do you people take taxpayer money and do this level of work? I was just so shocked. And so I vowed to never work in that kind of situation again. Okay. So you say you can never go back to, you know, work for somebody else. Not never, but you, but it's not about Japan and America, right? Well, I don't know. I think that if I, I think if I, let's say that Japan blows up, right? We all have to go find jobs somewhere else, okay? I would probably go work in like a startup in America. Mm. So some something where like we got to be scrappy, we got to hustle, it's going to be difficult, but there might be a big payoff in the end. Mm -mm. That would be fun for me. It, okay. it, being part of a team. Even if I'm not the top, if I'm part of a team that is intelligent, it's okay. I don't want to work in a giant machine mm. where there's all so many people who's responsible, no one knows. Everybody's just trying to cover their butt. It's that's not what I want to do. Mm. I like the the risk and reward of business. Okay. That's starting to appear in Japan though now, in Fukuoka and Tokyo obviously especially. You know, these kind of startup companies yeah. are starting to appear now. But there aren't really that many kind of billion dollar startups in Japan. It's hard you know? to get. It's hard to get that kind of money here. Yeah, the VC kind of scene no isn't VC, really there. Um, venture, cap venture capital. There's no venture capital here. So you know, if if investors are willing to take risks more, you know, I think the talents there. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of foreign people as well out there really hustling. 
uh, in Tokyo, the, especially in the big cities. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, you know, a bunch of people who you know are out there, you know, doing some really interesting work, you know, starting their own companies and doing really well as yeah. well. And it's definitely not just in English education or whatever. There's all kinds of different ventures, um, but I think a lot of that is related to foreign money as well. Yeah, you know, so foreign companies willing to sponsor. Well, I think, um, I think you know. Japan's a good place for, with a lot of opportunity just simply because there aren't a lot of start startups here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if yeah. you want to start your own thing, there's not a lot of competition. It's kind of a blue ocean here as opposed to a red ocean where, you know, in, in like Silicon Valley, there's so many startups. Mm. And the thing is, startups steal each other's employees. That's yeah. not something you really need to worry about too much here. Most mm -hmm. people have more loyalty to their company here. So that's, you know, that's, that is something that you, it's a big benefit here. One thing I was talking about the other day was like, um, like logo design and things like that and IP, like intellectual property. You've got to check whether a name is used or whatever. You've got to do like an internet search. You've got to do all this kind of background checking and things like that. And that really isn't such a problem in Japan. It's actually pretty easy to get started. Mm. Yeah, and if also- If you've got the right documents, right? Also that, the, the logo and the name of your business, you can just basically register. There's not a lot of like checking on it. Yeah, there's hardly any, right? Like yeah. in America, you have to like prove that things like are like first art or, you know, all this other stuff for your, for your uh, you know, uh, patents and, you know, to co copyright or like uh, what is a trademark or whatever mm. in japan they just kind of like let it happen and then if there's a problem later they just kind of figure out in the courts or maybe <laughs> yeah. you know it's a come after yeah the, yeah the problem is like later on <laughs> yeah get delayed but you know but, yeah. licensing seems to be way easy here yeah, yeah. Mm. to get a liquor license in japan it's not even really a liquor license but like in a in vegas if you want a liquor license it costs like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars it takes you like two or three years or something like that it's crazy two or three years yeah it's like usually mm. what happens is you just buy a restaurant that already has a liquor mm -hmm. license and then you just inherit it mm. but in japan like you want to start your own bar pretty easy you just yeah. like classify yourself as not a bar i, th I forgot what it is maybe like food bar like oh, izakaya yeah. or something like that and then it's just like su super easy like anybody can do it it's i often wonder i walk through town and you see like in any city in japan there's all these tiny little bars on the 10th and you know 11th 13th floor yeah. whatever these hidey hole type places with just one guy usually running yeah, it or yeah, one yeah, yeah. woman or whatever um, and I often wonder how they stay in business. Because their you friends know. come there. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. And your rent is $400 a month. Mm. Then what other expenses do you have? Your own salary and maybe water. True. And electricity. And then so everything else is like... In the, truth be told, alcohol tax in Japan is quite low compared to like Europe or even some places in America these days mm. and like Singapore. Mm. Alcohol taxes are quite low in Japan. Mm. I mean, that's why you can still get a, a decent beer for 500 yen, five bucks. Yeah. Try doing that in Vegas. It costs you $10, $12 with tip. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities here for not just like, you know, in the, in the, you know, bar scene or in the restaurant scene, but for also in tech, uh, Japan doesn't do uh, software very well. Sorry if you work <laughs> in a software company in Japan. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of opportunities here for that. I mean, there's, there's a, there's, it's the only thing that I think is really holding it back is the immigration visas yeah it's hard you were married so you got a visa i'm mm. the child of a japanese person so i got a, a visa mm. if it wasn't for that it would have been really difficult to start a business mm. yeah yeah you need to have a lot of money in the bank like a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars something like that then they'll give you a visa self-sponsored but if you start a business in japan you know, the japanese population is very small right so like small compared to what small compared no to top um, 10 populations of countries in the world really oh yeah it's okay. decreasing though right this it's, it's decreasing but it's 135 
2.5 million people compared to the UK. What's it, three, two or three times the double size? Double size, yeah. yeah. Double, yeah. So, yeah, it's big. Okay, because, you know, the, the size of the country is very small, that, that what I thought. Lots of people, small space. Okay. You should know about Japan. <laughs> 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 anyway, guys, I think that's been our show today on entrepreneurship and starting your own uh, business. I think that maybe in the, if you guys are interested in this uh, and you want us to go into like really technical details on how we, we got started and everything uh, about me and Alex, just let, leave us a comment. Let us know. We maybe might do a follow up uh, 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 more of like a how to start your own business mm -hmm. uh, episode in the future. But just let us know in the comments below. Any last words, guys? Start Good. a business in Japan. Good luck. Start a bar that sells craft beer, and I will go to it. He loves craft beer. Yeah. Hi, Army. Hi, Army. <laughs> Hi, Natsuki, to work there. There you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Small Talk Japan. Small Talk Japan is recorded at Story Studios in Kagoshima. This podcast stars Michi, Natsuki, and Alex. And is produced by me, Josh, and is executive produced by Michi. If you like the show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thank you again, and until next week, bye!